Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. Authentic heart leadership. Doesn't it just make you feel like something you want more of and that you want to learn more about? That's what we're going to talk about today. And the, when I first talked to Roxanne, Roxanne Derhaj, who's the CEO of the Authentic Connection Movement, I was like, this is a conversation we need to be having on the podcast. And, and after the last year that we've all experienced, it's more important than ever. It was important before, um, but it's more important than ever to really examine our leadership right? And what's driving it and how we show up as leaders every day. And that's what Roxanne is an expert in helping us understand that. So thank you for being here and for sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks so much for uh, having me on your show. I'm excited for this conversation because we are so aligned in just how we think about leadership. And so I think it's going to be a great convo. Um, So I want you to start with just sharing your journey. Like what has gotten you to this point in your success? What's that long and winding road that we've all been on? What does yours look like? Well, you know, I uh, grew up in Trinidad and Tobago, a very big family, uh, connected culture. And I think early on in, you know, in my kind of formative early years, Jamie, I kind of started seeking disconnection and I could kind of see a bit of it with my parents initially. And then I kind of start, I could kind of read it. Maybe it was because of exposure to them and their incongruence. And I always thought, you know, it's, they're not acting like what I'm feeling like internally. So I think that kind of sense that, um, you know, what I'm feeling is not connecting to what they're, how they're behaving. That was the in, initial kind of inception of me saying, oh, things aren't aligned. So if you want to call that about inauthentic, probably back then. And I think culturally at that time as well, I remember when I wanted to talk about things in my high school, there really was, there was a guidance counselor. I don't know how you, you know, you call that, but there was nobody that I really could kind of talk about some of the things that I was seeing at home. And I, I, I thought at 11, you know, I want to be able to have someone listen to me and in turn, you know, be able to kind of give me an like a perspective and that was something that I started to play a, a role when I quite young right mm-hmm. and and I realized I was getting you know a sense that I somehow was connecting in a way that allowed others to be heard and me to be, be able to get feedback so at that point you know I went to a very traditional British school and all girls academic school and I you know the, the path is you become a doctor lawyer you know, you know, engineer or a nurse. And I'm thinking, I, I don't fit into any of those. And I thought, I wonder if they could kind of, would they pay me to talk? I thought, you know, and then kind of the inception of uh, becoming a psychologist. And that's kind of where it started. And I found out kind of, oh yeah, you can kind of go to school for that. And at uh, quite young, I started school. Uh, I graduated uh, with my undergrad at age 21 and went on to grad school to become a psychotherapist by the time I was 24 and decided that that's what I was going to do. Yeah. It's beautiful to hear stories because they say your true purpose shows up at a very early age, right? It shows it just, you don't always recognize it, but like thinking about you being that person, right. That people would come to and that you kind of help them through. It's just, it was showing up, right. It's such an early age. And I think that's just a beautiful story that, that how do we guide kids right to that natural purpose? 
Absolutely. And I didn't realize it in retrospect. I didn't realize it, Jamie. And now I go, oh, well, that's what was kind of unfolding naturally. And luckily for me, I was um, able to follow that. You know, I say the pebble in the road um, that allowed me to be uh, frontline with the police at at age 24 as a a first responder to trauma uh, victims of crime, um, all the way up to, you know, going on and running a couple of um, health units for addictions and uh, then into management consulting, and then into teaching, um, and then ultimately starting my own business uh, about 11 years ago. Yeah, so talk, talk a little bit about the business that you have now, and kind of how that's... Yeah, the business that I have now is basically, um, so I work with uh, leaders and their teams around authentic heart leadership. So if you think of the core fundamental, is about connection. And what I had seen is that the human need for connection, whether it was frontline, me responding to someone who had really just been a victim of crime all the way up to C-suite and advisory boards. The main thing is that most people want to feel that real sense of connection. And I was realizing that, you know, what is the one primary thing that if people are connected, we get a, a deep understanding of what their need is. And then ultimately, it's about triaging them through the path about who, what, when, and why they'll feel grounded. And oftentimes most people don't know. They kind of have a, I would say like a blurry image of what that looks like, but they need guidance, whether it's macroscopically as a, as a corporation, all the way down to say a frontline person that I may have been dealing with a, with a psychologist, but the thread is the same. And, you know, sometimes people think they want one thing, but really until they really start to act, answer some of those core fundamental questions and sit with it, do they really kind of that image of really what they want organizationally or individually does not become clear. Right. I'm going to dive into this. This is it's, it's something that companies are dealing with right now. I think even more than they were before. So we'll dive into that. But before we dive into it, I need to know what one of your superpowers is because you're on the superpower success podcast. So what is a superpower that you have that's helped you get to this level of success? I'm, I feel like I'm a, like a human x-ray machine, if that's possible. I love that. In that I can listen at such a profound level to what someone's saying that they're not saying verbally and able to relay back to them on a deep level what where they're trying to get well ahead of them. Right. So almost like if they can't put words to it, right. Or you're kind of just helping them frame it up with what they're feeling or what they're doing. That's beautiful. That's kind of what I think. I've never, I've never answered that question in that way before, but I feel like I do. Um, and hence a lot of times I would put in roles on advisory boards where there would be a lot of um, diametrically opposed um, kind of needs. And I could, you know, sit on those boards and really understand maybe 10 di- different um, opposed needs or polarized needs and be able to kind of integrate it together once I kind of get the lay of the land. So some of these boards that I would have to report to, um, I would have to do quarterly and, and annually. And then obviously as you went, um, things would change in the companies, but then I would have to know some of the key players and when um, you know things were out of alignment in their, you know, their business units and how that would fit and you know where the company was going may not be where the business unit wanted to go and those types of things. And you know, kind of and as an external provider, I had to bring it all together and help, help people understand 
you know, really, you know, what was in the best interest of the company um, quarter to quarter. I love that. And I love that you get to every day use that, right? Superpower in so many different ways, because that's really what makes it a superpower, right? Is when you can use it across many different aspects of business and your personal life. So I want to dive into this. We talked a little bit about it, but I want to dive into this authentic heart leadership. So describe what it is, right? Like, and why it's important, why the leaders that are listening right now need to care about this and be thinking about it. Well, I always say that if you think of most of us that have, you know, done traditional kind of grad school or, or business school, you learn very autocratic principles across the board about what it takes to authoritative, I would say, ways of a means to an end in a business outcome. But I think what most leaders are very, very skilled at being tactical, outcome-driven. But I think what has been missed is that their personal selves have to come with them. And I think from the authentic heart leadership, what it is saying is, I am a leader. There's something that made me want to lead. And the core fundamentals of of what I'm about internally makes me the best version of myself as a leader. And so with authentic heart leadership, it's around really profound awareness where that individuals in whatever capacity they're going to lead, they're going to understand what are my core reasons for being the leader that I want to be. Because I think if you don't know what, why am I leading the way I am? Um, and I'm, if I'm disjointed or I'm having, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of feeling like I'm going against the, the tide, it may be potentially that you haven't thought through um, some of the core values for you as a leader. Right. And, you know, and I think a lot of times that gets incepted along the way. So my thing is like my brand now today really is who I am, because I always wanted to bring out people's authentic voice from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think it's, Leaders that are able to really sit in their heart space, right, around awareness, if they are aware of those core values, then they're able to make the best decisions regardless of the reactivity around them. They're able to be relationally transparent. And what I mean by relational transparency is I can be vulnerable, but I could be available and I can lead at the same time. And, you know, so there's so many things that goes into that, along with recognition and true connection as well. Those are the core fundamentals of authentic heart leadership. Well, what you're not saying is that we all have to lead the same way and we all have to be the same. We can still have our personalities. We can still just be innately us. And it's just figuring out how to lead within that. Right. That's what you're saying, because I think a lot of leaders feel like, especially in larger organizations, that's what a leader looks like. That's what I'm supposed to do. And when they try to do that, they show up inauthentically to their entire team and to everyone else. And the trust isn't built at the same level is what you're talking about, right? Know thyself really at a deep level and what's important to you. Why do you think leaders struggle with authenticity? Well, I think because there's certain models or, I mean, I think of different uh, companies that I've worked Um, in as a leader and then I would try to be myself and I would be told that's just not the way it's done under this umbrella so then I would have to go back and think okay well how am I going to change this because it's who I am and then I would morph into it and then I would be miserable 
Or, uh, you know, my team would kind of, you know, there'd be disjointedness or there would be a lot more conflict or, or deadlines would be missed. And I'm like, it's because my space wasn't, I was in an inauthentic space because I was trying to fit the paradigm of what the company needed. And then in turn, that circumvents my ability to just naturally connect with others and lead from who I am. Right. How do you, that you work with, how do you see this impact their personal lives just as much as their professional? Well, I think, you know, when you sit in awareness, right, and you really figure out what's important to you, um, you know, some, some leaders will say to you know, me, uh, my family is very important, but mind you, you know, when you look at their list of priorities, the family is generally the last Right. So then we talk about the incongruence about that. Okay. If, if, if family values are very important, I'm not saying we all have to work and I know there's a lot involved with, with being leaders. How are you ensuring that that value becomes a priority and how is it that you're planning in your life to ensure that you have something left for one of your core fundamental values. And a lot of leaders will be, so depleted that by the time, you know, they get home after trips or they get home from their days, there's not much left to give to the very beings that they're saying is, is so very, very important. So we talk about prioritizing and aligning their values with what the things that they see in their lives as being the most important. Yeah. yeah. So if someone's listening and they're self-diagnosing themselves on exactly what you just, which I'm kind of doing to myself right now, like it, it's hard and there's different seasons of our careers, right. And in, in our lives, but what's, where do they start? Cause this can feel very overwhelming. Like, I, I don't think anybody would argue with what you're saying. It's just, how do I get there? That's like the promised land. Like I, I want to be, I want to feel like that. Where do they start? Well, I think, as a leader, let's say leaders, you know, you kind of know when you're in flow as a leader. I think, you know, start there and say, you know, when I think back to this particular time or this quarter, I seem to have most energy. I seem to be able to really communicate very well. Um, you know, I was able to, you know, take little, you know, micro breaks. Um, I seem to lead with more ease, even though there was conflict. So what's the exception? Like, when are you doing well? Look at that and try to deconstruct that to some degree and say, oh, you know what I realized is I, I actually did take, you know, I did take my 15 minute break and I walked around the, you know, the building or um, I, I actually, you know, I found that I called my wife or my husband um, to check in to see because I was, you know, I was in Orlando and they're, you know, somewhere else and they're off visiting family and I'm not there. But I, I in having that conversation and finding out what's happening with my family, I found that I felt just a little bit more um, settled. So kind of mm -hmm. look at those situations and think what was different compared to the times that I feel kind of out of the mode of being the best version of myself yeah. and yeah. kind of try to understand what are the differences emotionally, psychologically, biologically, spiritually for you as a person, first and foremost, and then understand that and look at that from the metric of a, a leader and say, when is it that I'm, I'm optimally functioning and within flow? And when is it that I'm off flow? And, and, you know, like to your point, Jamie, sometimes in our businesses, when there's lots going on in certain quarters and things like that, 
you may have to adjust to that accordingly. And even knowing that, you might be able to prepare and prep that much more for the, the things that you value in your life so that you can come through that period unscathed or not depleted to the point where you're thinking, oh, okay, how, how am I going to get back you know, up and start to function again? So I think some of this introspection allows you a lot of space to be able to do that. Yeah, I love and I've given this advice to a couple of business leaders that I know about what I call kind of energy journaling for just like a one or two week period of time, meaning, right, if, if they're looking for like, what do I want to do next? Or, you know, what is a good like thing that's going to really be deeper purpose driven work for me is what gives you energy? What are the meetings, even if they're meetings or what are the projects? What are the things you come out of where your heart beats a little faster, right? You're excited, like document that what are the things that suck you dry right and for some of us it's you know it's things that just are weaknesses right there's things that we always have to do in life that maybe aren't the most exciting but really understanding what those are and that energy flow I love the 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 way you describe that tells you how where you should be spending more time you should find a job that allows you to do more of it it's never going to be a hundred percent Um, but a lot of leaders get stuck in, I got this degree. This is what I'm supposed to do, right? Here's the path. And they're on the path going, this is miserable, but they feel like they can't get off the path because it's what they're supposed to do. Right. And I think sometimes there's, um, misalignment, right? Sometimes you may be on a trajectory and if you really were to drill down, you might want to change sector or, you know, positions potentially within the organization or maybe to potentially go to another organization that has more of a value alignment with your fit. Right. Right. And awareness it's, hard, it's hard for people to make those decisions, you know, because I've invested, but sometimes if that's what it's going to take for you to get back and connect it to your meaning and purpose, um, that once you find out this information, then you can say, where am I? Where do I want to be? And if it's not something internally, maybe it's kind of looking at what the variables are that don't fit for you and what you want to be as a leader. Right. And if that feels daunting, that's where coaching, the things that you do, I mean, that, that's where that comes in is sometimes you need someone to ask you different questions, right? To give you a little different perspective because you're so close to it. So if people want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about the authentic connection movement and those types of things, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, um, they can go to my website, which is roxanderhodge.com. And uh, I'm all on, on all social media. Uh, LinkedIn, I know is a lot of places where leaders hang out. You can, you can follow me there. And um, I have my second book coming out on authentic heart leadership. Um, it, and it will be at this point in July, it'll be released. So that could be something that uh, if you wanted to, you know, get stay connected, once the, the release comes about, we can let you know about that as well. And if you're wanting just to jump into a call, just to talk, um, to get a bit, you could do a discovery call and we can chat further and find out maybe, you know, I do a lot with uh, the leaders and their teams in their authentic space. So I do an assessment where the leader looks at his qualities and the team also assess the leader's qualities. And then we create a plan um, of training that could be implemented um, on both ends to enhance the capacity for them to be able to function together. I love that because the action right, is what actually makes it start to happen, is you've got to have a plan. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Thank you for being here and for having this conversation. 
Well, thanks so much. It's uh, you and I have so many synergies together and uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, have me on. Absolutely. And to everyone else, you know, the podcast, I say it every time is meant to be this space where you just can shift your perspective just a little bit, right? You, you know, this deep inside, but it's a reminder and it's a check-in to say, where are you and what do you need to do differently tomorrow, next week, next month to continue to grow and evolve in a healthy way. So hopefully this conversation was that it was a great reminder for me um, and, and to the community, you know, I just continue to be grateful for the engagement in this community and the impact that it has. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Oh, I don't know if I have to get off altogether. Yeah, we have to maybe close it out. And then okay, we why don't I close it out and you come right back on. Okay. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up. 